from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. If you do see the shop, for those of you listening on Park Avenue, uh, 1917 Park Avenue, you will notice that it says Onyx Dagger Design and um, Gallery. It doesn't of, say tattoo on that it, window. It does not. I it, imagine that was the neighborhood's idea. That was one particular lovely lady who's lived there for 40 years who actually I'm good friends with now, um, but she was very, very <laughs> insistent that tattoo, that word, was not going up there. I'm Sarah Fenske. The first black woman to open a tattoo shop in St. Louis has a new address. Valencia Miller is perhaps better known as Miss V. She first opened her doors in Benton Park in 2015. Now, after closing and reopening and renaming, she's on the move. Her new shop, Onyx Dagger, is in the heart of the city's Lafayette Square neighborhood. It has its grand opening next month. And joining us today to talk about it is Valencia Miller. Valencia, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on air. It's so nice to meet you and talk to everyone here in St. Louis. So I'm really excited. So Valencia, your tattoo journey uh, starts with fine arts school. Is it common for tattoo artists (laughs) to have that fine arts pedigree? At one point when I first started, not so much because my mentors are from what we call the old school generation. Uh, So um, and our I hate it. this term is a, another old school term like pedigreed tattooers where you can trace your lineage back so many generations so like back then it was all about getting an apprenticeship and based on the quality of your character and how not just how well you drew but how well you listened and could work for someone and be a loyal person at the same time so for me I initially went to boarding school in high school that was a fine arts school and then that was only briefly before I moved to Hawaii and then I did not go back to university until I was in my 30s so I had I was already a tattooer at that point so you got that apprenticeship even yes. though you kind of originally came in going oh I'll go a different route yes you ended up going that route <laughs> yes 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 and so your apprenticeship this all happened in Hawaii is, yeah. is there a big scene there Yes, actually, um, it, interestingly, my mentor, um, Anna Page Funk, who I am so grateful for that serendipitously I was able to have the great fortune of having as my mentor and teacher, you know, to this day, uh, she was taught by Winona Martin, who has tattooed since, I believe, 1975 and taught Anna in 94. And Noni owns the oldest tattoo shop in Hawaii that's still open to this day, Skin Deep uh, Tattoo, Waikiki. And Halinui Tattoos is a subsidiary, like sister shop of Skin Deep. So to this day, I still go back there. But um, Hawaii's history, when it comes to tattooing, there's two ways you can look at it. There's the tattoo, when we look at the Polynesian, history of tattooing, which goes back many, many, many hundreds, if not thousands of years, whereas we talk about American traditional tattooing, like Sailor Jerry, who Mm -hmm. 
still has a shop, even though he's long since passed, that's been passed over, you know, many times over the years, that's still in Hawaii. But um, having Anna and Noni there themselves, they're considered, like, true history. Um, On top of being my mentors and best friends, they're the most amazing women I've ever met. And they're also called old school, even though they don't look old school, they're very fancy women. Yeah. So they make me feel extra, like Louis Vuitton of tattooing. Uh, Because even when they first started to teach me, I was already learning to tattoo for Mm -hmm. a few years. um, And a few apprenticeships that I'd gone through were difficult being a woman, and then on top of that, a woman of color back then, 15 plus years ago, was not the easiest scene to find a consistent apprenticeship, especially with a male, like I'm not saying all men in the industry at all are like this, but it was difficult at one point. And I had always known of Anna and Noni just from the history about them. And I did a tattoo convention in Philadelphia many years ago and bumped into one artist and friend of Anna's who thought it was hilarious that she's meeting this young artist who I was wearing like, I was dressed like a pinup and then I had business cards that had a picture of me as a pinup on it. And she was like, it's all about the art. Why do you have to? Put all this pinup stuff on it. Yeah, and and she and I love her to say her name's Christina, um, and she says that, and I was like, no, no, I, you know, it's just like a character, I guess, a caricature of myself. And she thought that was hilarious, and I was like, I'm actually a real artist. See my work, and I've been tattooing for some years, uh, but I want to take it to the next level. And I live in Hawaii, but I'm out here for this convention, and she takes my card. And I didn't think she thought much of of me, to be honest with you, because she was yeah. and is such she, a great... She had a different way of approaching. Yes, yeah. like on a different level. And so um, a few years later, not even that long, by chance, I went to Skin Deep trying to get a, a job just or just see if anything was available. Because mm-hmm. one of my best friends works for Anna, because Anna and her husband... Bill Funk also have several shops in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. like South Philly. Um, Anyhow, anyhow, I have this friend that works there, and she's like, well, it's really hard to get a job there. Probably a whole lot of female artists trying to to be in that environment. Exactly. Yeah, female and male. Yeah. And it's the best in the country, if not the world. Yeah. they They still, to this day, and did have the best artists in the world coming in, guest spotting. And at that time, back then, the Skin Deep was much smaller of a shop. So it could only house like three, maybe four artists top at a time. So it was just near impossible to get a job, especially having as little experience as I did at the time. And each time I'd come in, they were like, Anna's not here. She's, you know, in Iceland or some other random country. And then one day... I came back again, and she was just this jovial, happy, beautiful woman. And she's tattooed, but you can't see her tattoos. And so I was a little shocked by that. So I was like, wow, like, you just, you know, look like, you know, 
because where the shop is is on Luxury Row. Yeah. Like, you look like... You fit in here. The Yves Saint Laurent of yeah. tattooing, you know. And she was like, oh, no, honey. This is how we are. You have to be a great artist, but, you know, we have certain rules. And, you know, I think it's very interesting. I'm meeting you today. And I'm like, she's still talking to me. This is amazing. I was like, why is it interesting? She was like, she breaks out a planner and she opens it up and pulls out this frayed business card of me with this pinup. She had saved your business card. Yes. All those years. All those years. So her friend apparently did give her the card. Yeah. And... And then she let you in. And, and yes. look, the rest is history. The rest um, is history. <laughs> I mean, but you ended up leaving that. You came to St. Louis in 2014. You opened your shop in Benton Park in 2015. I mean, you kind of got your foot in the water as, hey, yeah. I'm doing this. I'm doing this as a black woman <laughs> in a city that had never had anybody do that. Um, but now you're leaving Benton Park. You're, you've got this new shop open in Lafayette Square. And I want to make sure. We have about five minutes left. I okay. want to make sure we get into some of what makes this shop special. Oh. Thank you. Yes. Um, well, I love Benton Park. It's changed so much from the first time I first started there. I'm very grateful for uh, the neighborhood taking me in as they did because at that time it was even harder of a process to open a tattoo shop and you had to get more votes than you do now. Um, and it's still a process, don't get me wrong, but um, it, it it had run its course where I'd been pretty much, and the perfect opportunity arose in Lafayette Square, which was the first place I'd lived when I first moved here. And I just loved park. I used I lived on park, and I you could walk to the restaurants and the historic um, beauty of the architecture in the square, and then having the park right there. I just always loved it. And there's a lot of food, again. There's a but. lot of great food. But that neighborhood has tried very hard to, <laughs> to maintain its standards. People can be very persnickety about things. Did yes. you get a warm welcome with a tattoo shop? I- initially, um, because there there was, I guess, a, a lot of people didn't realize it was opening until the city posted the notice. So I'd already been in the process of op- like building out the space, and doing my petitioning and I had all my inspections and everything. However, there was a gap because of COVID. There weren't in-person neighborhood meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And thankfully, the amazing neighborhood president just one night knocks on the door and I happen to be there. And she comes in. Her name's Christina Ryan. She's amazing. Um, and she's like, hi, my name's Christina, you know. I'm not going to shake your hand because of COVID, but I'd like to, you know, welcome you. Uh, You're the owner. We do a little banter, and I was like, I'm so glad to meet you because I have been trying to get in touch with the board, but you all haven't had an agenda posted for the winter. And so long story short, um, what I loved about Christina immediately during that uh, conversation, she said, first, I just want to tell you, I was not that thrilled to hear there's a tattoo shop coming, in particular, this visible in park. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but I got to say, I'm inside, and it really looks like a gallery. I I can't even tell it's a a tattoo shop. And I said, well, that's the intention. You know, uh, I said, I'm an artist, and it's called Onyx Dagger Tattoo and Art Gallery because we're going to have, you know, by monthly exhibits with friends of mine that are artists, 
my first exhibiting artist um, for at, during our grand opening, which is March 17th at 7 p.m. is going to be um, well-renowned local artist Phil Jarvis. He'll be putting on an exhibition there that'll hang for about 45 days. And um, when I was in grad school, I went to Wash U, so a lot of my friends who've since graduated, they're now on the circuit that they're hanging and doing work. So I'm going to have them come visit. So I said, I'm devoting the at least 50 to 60% of the space in the frontage too for art only, fine art. And then we have tattooing in the back. So it's two to three of us and never will be more than that and by appointment only. And it's a comfortable, nice contemporary, you know, space. And it's, and I, I, I tried very hard to make sure it was in fitting with the surroundings. So yeah, it sounds like the neighborhood has, has then signed up. I mean, people are on board <laughs> for what you're doing. Yes, I had some um, interesting conversations with some people. But when we would meet, I was appreciative that they would listen to me. Um, and I believe a lot of them were appreciative that I you know, made some concessions myself. So if you do see the shop, for those of you listening on Park Avenue, uh, 1917 Park Avenue, you will notice that it says Onyx Dagger Design and um, Gallery. It doesn't say tattoo on that window. It does not say tattoo. I imagine that was the neighborhood's idea. That was one particular lovely lady who's lived there for 40 years who actually I'm good friends with now, um, but she was very, very (laughs) insistent that tattoo, that word, was not going up there. She She said not body art, not ink, maybe body painting she would consider, and it needs to come down today. And I was like, wait a minute. But, you know, at the same time, I understand when you live somewhere, 40 years in particular, Mm -hmm. and... St. Louis is a very neighborhood-driven city, no matter where you live. But Lafayette Square, as we know, is a very, very, you know, beautiful, historic area that, um, especially now, trying to preserve everything and in keeping with other parts that are starting to modernize. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's still nice for people to be concerned about their property and what's coming in. But when I explain to them tattooing has changed drastically, in the last, you know, two decades, it's not what um, I think that people assumed. And I, even our price point is probably the largest in the square, just in general, yeah. the, for the average I mean, client. As you say, tattooing is changing. You're one of the people changing it. You're sort of standing <laughs> at, at the vanguard here in St. Louis. This is a totally different shop. This is not what people might expect. Uh, they can go yeah. there for an art gallery opening or to get some art. Yeah. Valencia Miller, yeah. thank you so much for joining thank us Thank you. Today. Thank you so much, too. I really appreciate it. Valencia is the owner of Onyx Dagger in Lafayette Square. There's a grand opening and art show March 12, 7 to 10 p.m., 1917 Park Avenue. This episode was produced by Jane Mather Glass with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? 
suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.